Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Sam Mealy. I'm Hunter Young. And we are the, the Sons, Sons of, of Liberty. Liberty. You guys, today we are going to be talking about the Hamas-Israel conflict. Uh, so there's, there's, a lot of, there, there's a lot of vitriol on both sides of the aisle. This is something that has caused a ton of division, whether you're on the left or the right. Um, it has split the Democrat Party. As far as, you know, you, you've got the squad, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Elon Omar. They're like all cease out. Ceasefire. Yeah, yeah. ceasefire. They're anti-Semitic. The, and then you've got the, you know, other. And then you've got like the donor class of the Democratic Party who is, you know, uh, the Jewish people of the donor class are like, okay, what's going on? Like I'm supporting this party that I thought was representing me, but now they're like representing Palestine. So there's a lot of. On both sides, yeah. there's conflict about whether because. Republicans have been traditionally pro-Israel, and now with the America First movement that's taking place, it's kind of clashing a little bit with that ideology. It's true. Yeah, so, so there, it's it's causing wars within the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. Yeah. So in kind of in in different ways, but still significant. Yeah. So our goal with this podcast is to bring a little bit of unity to it. As Christians, we shouldn't be thinking about it through left, right, through you're right, I'm wrong. We should be thinking about it through the lens of Christ, which is that all humans are inherently valuable. Um, even those who do are egregious things like Hamas, but um, we need, and we need to look to move forward instead of looking for revenge because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So we need to look at it with that perspective. Okay. But you can be right though. Like you can, you have can be right, but I'm just saying we can't, you can't look at it of a lens of like, I'm viewing this through the Republican party lens or I'm viewing this. Through but, what, the, but what if the Republican party is right? Correct. Then you can look at it through them. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So we're, but obviously like, but also, also like when I say vengeance is mine, says the Lord, a sovereign nation, Israel has the right to, of course, fight yes. back. Obviously that should be, we'll get into that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But basically, so this Israel Hamas thing, uh, there, there's there, the conflict kind of escalated a lot more, um, between, um, Palestine and then Israel because over the past, how many years? I mean, I think it was 2005 that Hamas was elected into power in Gaza. So, and they've just been firing missiles in Israel for years now. Yeah. And Israel's kind of just been putting up with it. They've been really good to the they've to, been to Gaza. They've been seeking diplomatic action with the yeah. other countries in the Middle East. They've been seeking peace deals this whole time. Yeah, and, I mean, we've, um, all, we've all heard about the historic Abraham Accords that Trump chartered uh, and, a, and a, a historic peace deal between some Middle Eastern countries and countries including Israel. And I think that kind of made Iran a little mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this has to, if that is why suddenly there is issues with Hamas invading Israel. I don't know. We obviously, the leader of Iran, or no, the, was it the leader of Hamas said that we're funded by Iran, I believe? I think so. And yeah. I mean, you follow the money, they are. Yes, yeah. yes. And we funded Iran $6 billion, we un, $6 billion in humanitarian assets. And since money is fungible, that freed up six billion dollars for them to spend on rockets. Rockets. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're essentially just like in Ukraine, Russia. We're essentially funding funding uh, both sides of the war uh, because you know in Russia we were we were buying oil from Russia while yeah. giving money to Ukraine. But in any case, anyway, I'm the, getting off on a tangent. Yeah, no, the it came to a, a head on uh, October seventh. We know what happened. You yeah. So I, was it? So I, we've heard different numbers thrown on exactly. 
How many people did the Hamas terrorists actually? Kill? It looks like it's it's around anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred. It's hard to be exact yeah, when I've you have kids in the rubble. You know, yeah. it's hard oh, to. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But, but basically, what yeah. happened? Hamas broke through the fence. This impenetrable fence. I've heard that like if a cockroach crawls anywhere near the fence, they're gonna know about it. Which like, is interesting a... that they didn't know. Well, but okay. let's get into that. So it yeah. was it, just, rep- reportedly yeah. they made a. They made a cyber attack that brought the defenses down, breached the wall with, uh, with a some type of machine broke through the wall, and then they just they just poured Hamas terrorists. Just they came in. from above too, right? They came yeah, from, and on yeah. paragliders into the um into the rave into the uh, concert, yeah, the concert, and killed hundreds of young people. There was um, Americans. Like there nine was Americans that four died. Four from all. I mean, it was a concert, so you have yeah. people traveling from everywhere, all over the place. Yeah. Um, and they weren't necessarily people who were like traditional Orthodox Jews. I mean, it was a rave. Like, yeah, it was kind of the young rebellious crowd, and they were all just horrifically wiped out. Um, yeah, I mean, like families in their homes were attacked. Yeah, there I were, think there were reports of uh, babies being decapitated. Yeah. 40 of them. And it was actually, interesting. You could see it. Cribs. A lot of this was playing out on Twitter, which is interesting that that was the way we were getting the first, like when it was happening, people were posting videos to Twitter right away saying, look at what's going on before. And it's, but yeah. you want to know where it came from. It started with Hamas. They live streamed it. Yeah. I mean, they're proud of this when you don't have Western values inculcated into your society and into your education and upbringing, you have people who rejoice, literally rejoice in the at death. sin and death yeah. of their enemies like this is we think we're so special here in the west but i mean we're not that far away unless we're we're not that far away from getting to a society like that if we continue to deny god and worship ourselves and our own yeah so i think that's a lot like we have to you have all this confusion about the squad supporting hamas or whatever um the easy thing to do like if we're if we're christians we can call balls and strikes and say all else considered, you don't mutilate, torture, and rape babies and women. Is that that's something we can all agree with? I think. Fair. Yeah, like whatever fair. you want to say about Israel um, occupying Palestine or whatever you want to say about that, whether that's actually true or not, um, you don't do the things that Hamas did. You just yeah. you just don't. It it's, was yeah. It, it was the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's the equivalent, approximately, uh, proportionally, excuse me, it's the equivalent of 33,000 Americans dying in one day from yeah, a terrorist attack. And we have the audacity over here to question Israel being mad about it and being yeah. upset. And even we could ju- we could justify a little bit of them reacting, and even in the wrong way. Can we expect that we would react? Any- I mean, look at the way the U.S. responded to 9-11. We probably didn't respond, well, we definitely didn't respond the best but how can you when your people get destroyed yeah. in a in a yeah i mean in, in rage, a way like that in ra- we took out our enemies but in yeah. rage we took it way too far and then we tried to basically democratize middle eastern countries that's why that's why we've been at, we've been in afghanistan for 20 years yeah uh, and then the war in iraq so all these different campaigns uh which there that that splits the republican party you've got mm. neocon nikki her her camp and you know, Dick warmonger Cheney, Nikki Haley, warmonger Nikki, uh, Vivek called her uh, Dick Cheney in three inch heels. <laughs> but anyways, that that's even split the Republican Party of oh, should we have gotten involved in the Middle East or should we have just killed our enemies and gotten out? I 
I'm a come from a more populist view that we should have just gotten our enemies, killed our enemies, gotten out. However, Israel is kind of dealing with the same thing. Yeah, I mean they they declared war on Hamas. Like yeah, a, yeah, they yeah they 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 called out reserved uh, reserve tro- uh, troops. They have um, ground operations in Gaza. I don't believe. I don't even think there is a campaign going on in Gaza anymore. I mean, they took out. Yeah, I mean um, that's one of the things they I took think, out their enemies pretty quickly. I think the oh, I just burped, but the mainstream media I think is is portraying it as more of like a, a like almost like it's equally yeah. Um, there's good on both sides, sort of thing, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, have you seen the videos of what Hamas did to these people? I've, well, not oh, only man. that, but and then the they're idea... getting mad. That, excuse me, but they're, no, they're getting ahead. mad. Uh, the the ceasefire people are getting mad. Like, oh my gosh. Israel cut off um, essential supplies like electricity, food, water, and fuel from Gaza. Okay, first of all, that's pretty incredible that you just have to admit that Israel was giving electricity, food, water, and fuel all of these necessary supplies to Gaza in the first place, which has been bombing them for years. Yeah, and let's just still say helping these people, the civilians. They're still helping these civilians, but yet when they when uh, over a thousand of their people get slaughtered. In cold blood, they cut off these supplies because now they're now at war with this country. People get mad at them. It's like they don't understand. The West does not understand how war works. Like we live in yeah. such a bubble, not in only such that, a comfortable bubble. We like, oh, be nice. Like you don't get it. Yeah, not only that, but Israel's army is way more superior than uh, Palestine and Hamas's army. If they wanted to wipe out Hamas and turn it into a parking lot. They could. They could. Easily. They, but they don't want yeah. Gaza. That's why they left it alone yeah. in the early 2000s. And they let the people of Gaza vote, have a democratic election and vote. But, you know, they voted in hum, the Hamas leaders, which then turned it into a dictatorship and it is, immediately. And it is sad what has happened to the people in the Gaza oh, Strip sure. and what it has is. happened to the Palestinians. Yeah. Like, we, should, we shouldn't look at them and say that they're all evil. But at the same time, we can acknowledge that a lot of them probably do support what Hamas is doing. I mean, if you look at, I don't, I can't speak for every person in Palestine, but if you take radical jihadist Islam to its extreme, what Hamas did was good under that belief. Yeah, through they that say, worldview. Yeah, yeah, through that worldview. Like they have, they literally will strap kids with bombs and tell them that go into this person's house because that's the greatest thing you can do for God is to blow up a Jew. Yeah. That's what Hamas will say. And they raise their kids in this. And it's, Hard. You can look at a kid and say like they're poor and they're innocents and victims, but we know what the the Bible says about generational sin and what it does. And unfortunately, we're seeing the fruits of that right now. And unfortunately, it leads to the death of thousands of of kids who are brainwashed into this ideology, which is another sad thing about the the whole conflict. Um, but getting back to my point about the fact that if this was Muslims who had this, if this was Radical Islam, because I don't want to um, group in all Muslims with radical jihadist Islam, although I do think it is more consistent with their worldview. Um, if that, if they were Israel, if they were in Israel's position of power militarily, they would wipe out Gaza. They would wipe out all the. They would. I mean, they would wipe out all the Jews if the Jews were the ones who were in Gaza. They would. They said they want the death of all Jews. Yeah. In their official yeah. charter in the in the uh, late 1900s, at the beginning of the creation of Hamas, they said explicitly, I can't remember, I, I was trying to find it, I can't find it, but I'll paraphrase basically. It's like, we want the extermination of Jews. Like, we are literally here, we are created to wipe every Jew off the face of the earth and destroy Israel. 
as a country. That is their in That's their who we're up against. So that is who they're up against. You can't yeah. blame them. But do you think that Israel that there is any part of how Israel's handled it that has been improper? It, it's hard to say. I mean, I I do think that um, it it is hard to say as coming from it as I mean I can't. There's no way that Israel has done. There's no perfect nation, so there's no way that Israel has done everything right. But I think that generally, um, I mean, in in terms of just after the reaction after October seventh, I mean they've allowed now right now they're they're in a humanitarian pause. They're allowing for aid to go to the the Palestinians, they're allowing for these things to happen. They didn't completely wipe out um, Gaza. Although I have heard um, from some secret special sources that most of the original group that carried out these attacks on October 7th are pretty much wiped out. Hmm. The, the exact people, maybe not the leaders, but the people, like, I mean, I'm sure they have cameras and surveillance and they can tell and target these people. They have, Israel's military is incredible. outstanding. It's incredible. But um, in terms of their re- response, I can't find any faults with the way they reacted initially, mm-hmm. we can talk about the history of the way that they were implemented. But um, even then, it's you're hard pressed to find Israel being at fault here. It's it's hard. Yeah, but that leads us. You, you said that you mentioned how incredible their military is, which it's true. Their military is incredible. They've got a, an incredibly strong air force. I mean, uh, the IDF is known just for being a, a very very strong military, which it's. Side note, it's crazy that they started, this country was formed in the late 40s. Yeah. I think it was the late 40s. And now they've got one of the strongest militaries in the world. Like well, they're probably. getting it from the U.S. We have, I mean, a lot of the, of the technology, even the, the Iron Dome, that thing is, have you ever seen the videos of the Iron Dome? No. You know what that is? They I've, have this, I've heard about it. What the exactly? Iron Dome is basically, it's a anti-missile system. Oh, so when Hamas is, yeah. goes and shoots drones, they have these, like, I don't know how exactly missiles, how it works, but missiles, they have the yeah. missiles... Basically, t- not shoots drones. What am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a military guy. Basically, the rockets come over and the Iron Dome detects them and, and shoots the rockets down. And you can look up videos on YouTube. It's amazing to see the technology and how precise it is. And I think it's something like um, they take down like 90 something percent of the rockets that come through. With, when you have right now, I think they said it was lower in the 80 percent because they're firing so many rockets. Hamas is firing so many rockets that it, it limits it. But yeah. even then, imagine if That's it, incredible still. Yeah, imagine the amount of lives that can save the difference between even 90% and like 50%, which yeah. would still be good. Yeah, um, so that that yeah. begs the question, let's let's forget about the past and how how um, United States have has been involved financially and literally, you know, helping out Israel. Right now, with the Gaza conflict, should the U.S. increase its military and diplomatic support for Israel? Um, do you think? Do you think? I think obviously yes. we support them in spirit. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, the Biden administration has already done that. But do we send aid? Do we send money? Do we send? Regardless of what has already been done, but what aid has already occurred? I but think, just in principle, do you think? We I should? think in principle, yes, because they are our ally. Like, we have to protect our ally. But at the same time, no, because we've already given them so much support. And I think diplomatically, 100%. Like, lead more Abraham Accords. Lead more things like that to try to bring peace out yep. of the M- Middle East. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So I think that we should have our, our best people over there, our best negotiators over there. And I think that's why Trump was able to get so much done in terms of peace with the Middle East. 
because he's a businessman. He knows how to negotiate. And I think that when you have Biden in there and you have weak people who don't know how to actually negotiate, you breed things like this, like the Hamas attack to happen. So diplomatically, yes, we should 100%. That's That should be the first way to do it. Um, but in terms of money and support, I mean, I would want to, but we don't have money. We're $30 trillion in debt. We don't have, like, our military is... Um, I've talked to some people who are, I know in the military and they're like, their technology is not doing that great. Like we have uh, hundreds of billions of dollars of a military budget, but the money's going to things that are, aren't productive to our own military. And I think that when you have an invasion at the Southern border, when you have, um, these things going on in our own country, when you have gangs, MS-13, when you have all these things going on in our own country, yeah. when you have our, our own young people cities, dying of fentanyl, fentanyl when you have our own overdoses. cities that are overrun by gangs, I don't think you get to say we need to s support a country however many thousand miles away. Yeah. It's it hard to, to say that with a straight, honest face and say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I completely understand. I, I just wanted to butt in there because the Maui fires, I mean, this, this issue was brushed over, but in Hawaii... What happened to those people with the fires? Did you? I I, I saw a clip. I can't. Oh man! I think it, the uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson actually uh, went on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about how how little compared to uh, to Ukraine the Biden administration helped the people of Maui. Exactly. So it was like I don't know a one time check of seven hundred dollars maybe to to into each in, to each family something like that. Yeah. Something. Tiny, tiny, but yet we're giving over a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine, and now we, wanna, uh, now we want to now we want more money to, to Israel to and Taiwan, like, and then to Israel, like all of these things that don't have anything to do with our country. You you can you argue can't they, say they don't have anything to do with fair, our country. okay, yeah. but as part of our soil, like why aren't we helping our own people? And I think it just exposes the hypocrisy and the fact that. Our leaders don't care about us. They don't. They, I they mean, don't. I mean, yeah. why did they give so little money to the people in Hawaii? Why? They like, could just print the more. I mean, they've been printing it for everything else. Yeah. Why they not could... just print more money and give it to those people? Why not set them all up in big mansions? Yeah. Like, but no, we're doing. We're not going to do that for the citizens. But no, no, no. We'll print money and we'll give free Xboxes. Yeah. And we'll give food and we'll give free hotels to illegal aliens that have uh, cut the line and have been border jumpers. And have stolen the opportunities of millions of other people that are trying to get into America legally. Yeah. Why yeah. are we giving incentive to people that aren't even our citizens? And then also to people all around the world who have no ties to America. Yeah. And I think that's the voice of the average American. I think that that is the populist voice. Is like, we're like, we can't, like, historically, we have supported countries like Israel. We have supported countries like Taiwan. We've tried to prop up democracies, and we can get into that, but... Right now, our own nation is facing a moment that is dire. And if we don't make the right moves here, we might not have a country. I'm not a, a doomsday. I'm very hopeful about the future of America. But if we take our eyes off our country, we have the Chinese buying land in America. We have things going on that the we... The Chinese have police stations in America. Yes. Like... We have things like... And this is the this is biblical. This is a biblical principle like... Judge not, lest you be judged. Take the log out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So we can go all day and say, oh, Iran, like what you're doing is wrong, trying to kill the Jews. And yes, we can say that, but we've got a pretty darn big log in our own eye. 
in terms yeah. of the issues facing our country. We don't have a national identity. We don't have unity in any sense. We've probably the most divisive time since the Civil War. And to do the to do these things, and not only that, not that it's a bad idea to send money to Israel, not that it's maybe even a, although Ukraine is more messy, but not even that it's a bad idea to ever send money to these countries, but the fact that a majority of Americans don't support it and then they're going out and acting like this is an easy call is kind of a slap in the face to the American people. Yeah. I think it really is. Um, and it, at the end of the day, like you've got to take care of your own room first. You've got to take care of your own heart first. And right now, America's heart is degenerate and void of God. And yeah, I think I mean, that we're, we're getting we are we are rightly so fired up and angry about the fact that Hamas, like I said earlier, beheaded 40 babies. But yet the log in our own eye, we've butchered 60, over 60 million of them in the womb. Yeah, like, exactly. Like we have issues here. Like, can we focus on It's kind of like the same here? thing. The same thing when, when it goes back to the church too. Churches will go send missionaries to other countries all the time. And that's, there's a place for that. But at the same time, we need missionary work here. We need missionaries from other countries. To come here. To come here. Yeah, and they do. So act, there's actually been, have you seen them? Um, there's been Japanese, yeah, South Koreans, South too. Koreans, Japanese. They came to the here. Boston Commons, right in the yeah. center of Boston, the beautiful green. They're they're ministering to people and and what yeah. a testimony that is of how far we've fallen. Yeah. But anyways, um, to get back to the point, I don't think that the U.S. is in a position morally, governmentally, to prop up Israel, to prop up Ukraine, to prop up these other countries. I think we can do it diplomatically, but with where we're at, I, unfortunately, the state of America, as Vivek Ramaswamy would say, we're not, it's not morning in America. This isn't the Reagan America of the 80s. This isn't the, whatever you want to say about JFK, this isn't the JFK America of the 1960s with technology booming and the economy booming. We are in a, a state where our country, our values are under attack by the people in our own country. And I think that if America falls, there is no Israel in the Middle East. So by focusing on just giving money to Israel, we're actually doing them a, a disservice in a way. Because if America falls, Israel's toast. Okay, so you're saying we should support them? We should support them, but I'm saying we can't support them if we ourselves are continuing to get it weaker every day. Okay. So um, what I'm saying is, is so what would you say to that yeah. to those Republicans? will be like, all right, you know, we're already thirty trillion in debt. You know, we can we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Like we can protect our southern border. We can uh, send money to the southern border and also still support Israel. Like we can, you know, we'll argue about the Ukraine thing, but like maybe give a little less to Ukraine. But like, come on, like we can. We've given so much to Ukraine. We're already this much in debt. Like, can we just like a few billion? To in terms Israel? of the political game, good move. In terms of biblical conservatism no and i think like i but so it's not biblically conservative conservative to support israel financially not when your own country is falling apart no see there are a lot of it's interesting there's been studies done about this actually of the of the young the older generation of conservatives being very very pro-israel i mean they they've lived some of them lived through world war ii they've they've grown up with their parents talking about it it's the holocaust was the 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 great horror of the day and and I'm just speculating as to why there's so much support for the state of Israel. And, you know, it had just been created. And now as as you get into the millennial generation and then now into the Gen Z generation, 
the support for Israel is dropping dramatically, even among conservatives. I'm saying even among conservatives. Like, and I, I don't have this, I don't know, I, I, I'm willing, I, I have a hesitancy to speak out against the state of Israel because I'm like, okay, these are God's chosen people. I don't, I don't want to get on the wrong side of that. Like, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know enough about the situation to feel like I can properly ride that fine line. But then your, your views are actually, are, are the predominant view among the conservative youth yeah. in America, yeah. Gen Z conservative youth is that, you know, they're, why are we helping them? Like they equate Israel to Ukraine. Like it's about, it's the same thing. I don't think you can say that. I wouldn't agree with that, but I'm, I'm just saying is about like, the same thing. Not exactly. Nations, like but... even in, in like biblically it's, it was, it's not a nation that is all the way across the earth's job to protect God's people. Like it's, it's not our, wasn't that the league of, or the law of nations? Isn't that in the law of nations? I don't. I don't know. I, I'm speculating. Well, the, the law of nations is based off of the golden rule, which yes. is do unto others as you would have yes. them do unto you. So, um, I think we can be kind to Israel. We can show them love and support. But at the end of the like, when you're this is my analogy of it, and I know this is oversimplifying it. When you're in an airplane and an airplane's going down, you you have that little oxygen mask. They always tell you put your oxygen mask on before you go and Helps try to help else. other people. Yeah. I think that's where we're at. I think America, the breath of America is slowly dying. So what do you tell the Jewish Americans who want us to support Israel financially and militarily? I tell them that, <laughs> do you want, the question is, is if you're an Israeli American, do you want both a strong Israel and do you want a strong America? And if you say yes, then you need to acknowledge the state of America right now. You can't ignore where America is at. And um, I would say to them, we want to support Israel. We want to support um, peace in the Middle East. But at the end of the day, like if like I said again, if America isn't a strong nation, we don't, we won't be able to even have any strength to have to give them any money. Yep. Like if we're not a nation. Um, so I think I'd say, listen, I'm sorry. We've screwed the pooch. We've we've yeah. messed up, and we really are not in a position to help you right now. I'm sorry, and I think that that's the humble thing to do. And I think it's it's not the easy thing to do, and it's not okay to like watch thousands of people be slaughtered. But at the end of the day, we've got people dying in our own country, and I think that as nations, as the way God has set it up, you have to focus on your own nation before anything else. I I think that's that's what it has to be. Now, do you think that? So a lot of people, you know, would say, well, okay, well, Israel can defend themselves. Like, they've got a powerful military. What, do they even need our help? I would say they, they do have a strong military, but it's just hard because in the Middle East, all those other countries are... They're surrounding they're them. They're surrounding yeah. them. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, at, the, at the end of the day, it's been... We've messed up so much in the Middle East, and a lot of what we've done in the Middle East, we've supported uprisings in the Middle East, and we've supported a lot of the discord that's going on in the Middle East. So I think with that... Like as America, as a nation, we need to like really take a step back and stop trying to be the police of the world and say, we've got our own problem. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah like we've, we've been meddling too much in, in, in the name of preserving democracy, um, which in a lot of places that doesn't even, we're not even actually preserving democracy. Like we basically put Zelensky into Ukraine and he is the yeah. farthest thing from a, a <laughs> traditional conservative. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that when you, when you, again, it's like when you try to do something to a nation across the world that has a different culture than you, like if, if a Muslim nation wants to implement Sharia law, they should be allowed to do that. It shouldn't be America's job to go in there. Like we can go send missionaries there. We can go do things, but it's not America's job to implement a government in the Middle East. It's just, there's just no way. So, um, I, I think it's like, and I don't even know, like, principally where I stand in terms of us upholding the, the state of Israel. Um, but it's just, I have, I have a harder time. I have a harder time doing it in the, with the state of America. And I, we can have that conversation when America's the light in the city on the hill in, in around 10 years. <laughs> but yeah, no I, I don't think that we can do that right now, um, unfortunately. And I would love for America to be able to peace through strength. Like, I would love that from America. But the world does not view America as strong right now. Yeah. And I think that we have a harder time pushing our weight around when we've got our tanks and we've got our, our, our uh, ballistic missiles, but we don't have a strong national identity. And I think that is what made America have so much influence around the world because people were fighting to come here and they still are fighting to come here. Um, but I think when you, when you have a, a nation like America, where it is right now, it, it ain't your business to be, um, doing all these things in other countries. And that's just, that's where I've got to stand. I don't know what you think about that, but look, I, I, I am asking questions because I'm not exactly certain. Yeah. Honestly, like I love Israel. I, it was a miracle. I think it's prophecy. It is prophecy that Israel is formed again into a nation. Uh, I think it's a sign of the end times the, of Jesus' return, but at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't excuse it doesn't excuse our personal bad behavior. Right, like, the fact that oh, it's 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 the people of Israel. We have to help them. A lot of these a lot of these questions I'm asking, I'm playing devil's advocate. So no, what I'm it. saying, it might sound like I'm contradicting my own questions, but I think, but I, what I believe, I have a more. Right now, I'm more of an isolationist. Ideally, I'm not an isolationist. You have allies. You help allies. Uh, again, you, you you know, the law of nations is, is instituted, and you keep your allies safe, the ones that are near you. But right now, I mean, with technology, you could have allies across the world because of our technology and how fast, you know, word can travel. You you de- don't necessarily need to be right next to each other. Yeah. Um, hence why we have military bases all around the world in the majority of countries, which is just crazy. But I don't think I don't think that we have the strength right now to be in other countries. We don't. I we, don't we don't have the strength, the money, the time, um, the resources to be investing into all of these other countries. And, I, and I'm not speaking about Israel specifically, but more broadly, like we we've got Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel. Like those are the three countries that, even among the Republican Party, there's a split on. Do we support these countries financially? Do we help these countries? Because, you know, China's going to invade Taiwan pretty soon. Uh, do we help Taiwan? Um, yeah, well, I think it also it comes but down... But at the same time, yeah. Go ahead. why is it that in all three of these situations, we are funding both sides? Like, we're buy- we owe China so much money, and we buy... We, we do deals with China, but yet we're going to give Taiwan money when because... China is invading them? Same thing with uh, with Israel... With Israel Hamas. Hamas is fun like I said, Hamas is funded by Iran and we gave six billion dollars to Iran, but yet we are also sending aid to Israel. With Ukraine Russia, we bought oil from Russia, 
But at the same time, we've sent over $100 billion to Ukraine. Why are we funding both sides? That's what What's happens. What's going on? That's what happens. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> so, like, okay, if if maybe, maybe just once we could have a just war, great, awesome. Like, a world akin to World War II, where the entire world was united against a common evil. And they understood what evil was, and they understood when we eliminate this evil, war is over. Things go, things go back to the... To, as much of a normal as you can get them to. This is not what we are doing right now. We, after World War II, we just realized, hey, we have a lot of power. Let's just like kind of throw our weight around all around the world and just make people do whatever we want. Like, why? Why do we have uh, bases in all of these countries? I like, I get, you know, I get Japan, I get Germany, like these, these, the nations that attacked us in World War II. Uh, but like, why? We can't justify it, but for... we can't not even. But we can't justify it now. Like, why haven't we pulled out? Why are we still there? Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting. Into this is what happens... I'm getting into specifics to try to articulate my point. Yeah, which is that I don't think we have the resources to be in other countries right now, physically, monetarily. Uh, we need to help our own country, and I don't think we can we can uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. Like right. I disagree. I love Ben Shapiro, but I don't agree with his with his take on either Ukraine or Israel. Um, I, I totally, uh, I totally, we, I totally agree that we, that we should support Israel financially. I, I'll be for giving money, money to Israel. Very, very little in very specific instances. And it's not a reoccurring time. Like here's like, here's a, here's a gift package. Like mm-hmm. you have a friend, they, they went through a rough time, send them a gift package. Like if I was in debt and I'm trying to get out of debt and my friend lost their father, I'm not going to be like, sorry, I'm trying to get out of debt. I can't, I can't send you a present or like a get well soon card. Like I'll, yeah. we'll send you a little thing to help, but man, we got our own problems. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we just can't do this right now. Yeah. And I think, uh, another, you talk about how, um, we, we fund both sides of the war by owing a bunch of money to China. You know how we stopped that? Bring production back to America. You know how we Amen, stopped baby. that? Frack our own oil Let's in the go. U.S. We've got plenty. We've got the most oil underneath our friggin' ground than any other country. Look, we have the third biggest country by landmass. Frack. Frack, dude. Let's That's go. That's how we stop it. We, we make our own oil. We stop relying on China, Russia, when we have our own resources here. America has been blessed by God because of our founders and because of what they've been able to do. So let's let's take that and let's say we don't need China. We don't need Russia. We don't even we don't need tai- Taiwan. We can support Taiwan. They've they've been they've been good to us. They've been yeah. good to us. Yeah. But we don't need to be supporting Xi Jinping dictators. We don't need to be supporting Vladimir Putin. We don't need to be buying from them. How about we again, America first. This is what we're all about. This is what the neocon movement is all about is America first. Let's let's say we can make these things here. We don't have to buy a 99 cent hat from China. We we can have the money to buy a $5 hat that was made in Massachusetts. Yeah. We can do that. Let's let's do that. Let's stop funding China. Let's stop Support buying local. Yeah. yeah, let's stop buying our medications from China. Let's stop producing everything from there. Let's stop and sending our our produce and our meat. No, not our produce. Let's stop sending our meat to China. It may be homegrown here, but it's sent to China to be packaged. Yeah. Why? No, it doesn't make sense. I don't get the industry. I don't understand all the inner workings. I'm sure someone has a, a logical explanation. But come on. But you like wonder you why you're even... slaves to Russia and you're slaves to China and you have no ground to be able to make any moves other than throwing around your $800 billion military budget with all these missiles and all these um, 
aircraft carriers you have. That's the only leg. That's literally the only leg we have to stand on to say, let's put our aircraft carriers over there. Let's put our ballistic missiles over there. Let's put our submarines over there because we have no other ground to stand on. Economically, China is stronger than us. National identity, China is stronger than us. Governmentally, the dictator of Xi Jinping comes to America and cleans up San Francisco. <laughs> like, they have much more pull around the world than we do because America is not strong. We're weak. We don't rely on our own nation's resources that God has given us. Instead, we export it in the name of, oh, well, we're, uh, we're looking to uh, get carbon neutral by 2050. The world is not going to be carbon neutral if you have China, India, and Russia doing the things that they're doing. We're literally exporting our um, carbon emissions to China, yeah, basically is what we're doing. So let's stop being stupid in America and let's say, no, America, we are supposed to be the city on the hill. We do have a foundation built upon God's law. We do have a foundation that we can be strong. We built ourselves from the bottom up. And we need to stop being slaves to China, stop stop being slaves to Russia, make our own oil, grow our own cotton, do our own things here, and stop relying on China, and stop wondering why you're a slave to China when you do all these things. It's ridiculous. I speak my peace. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a heated discussion. I mean, it's dividing the Democratic Party, it's dividing the Republican Party. Are we more isolationist? Are we... Are we the police of the world? Those are the two extremes. Where do we find a balance in the middle? It's dividing both parties. How do we as conservative content makers and uh, and the conservative media at large, how do we try to bring a, a balanced understanding of this Israel-Hamas conflict? Is there a balanced understanding? Excuse me. Can we find any common ground with those pro-Palestinian Palestinian supporters? Is where where's the bridge? I think the the bridge has to be um, human human dignity, true human dignity, not human dignity that of the humanitarian sense of um, what's best for like the common good defines morality and defines human dignity. We say no. If you're a Palestinian, if you're a part of Hamas, if you're in Gaza, if you're in Israel, you were made in the image of God, and that gives you inherent value, and that gives you inherent moral worth. And we don't do certain things to people who are made in the image of God. And I think that's that's the only way we can bring true unity that's not fake, basically. Yeah. And we need to say, like, like, I support humanitarian aid. I support, I want Christians to be the ones going in in a war-torn environment in Gaza, bringing food and bringing water to the people who are just yeah. victims of the oppression of their nation. We can say what we want about top-down government support, but what's really what is going to make a difference is the Christian, the Bible-believing Christian who's bringing water, carrying water on both hands while there's bombs flying, flying behind him to help a Palestinian mother who has three kids and has lost her, her dad because, or her husband because he was fighting for Hamas. We go and we help that widow. We help the orphan. I think that's what um, James talks about is true religion before God is this, uh, helping the widow and the orphan in their affliction. And I think that that's what made America so great in the past is that we were the city on the hill. And I mean, again, so like that's that's the view we have to have because we're not going to have, you're not going to have unity by just supporting Israel and saying everything Israel does is good and completely alienating the people of, of Palestine. You, you've got to have, you've got to have the view of human dignity and that we're all humans and that we have to unite towards a common goal. And, um, you have these nations that are 
uh, Israel and the, the Muslim nations, they don't have a common goal. And I think that's where the conflict comes in. So we as, as Christian conservatives need to try to bring the gospel, which is the greatest common goal known to man, and say, this mm. is the only solution to the problem. Governments aren't going to solve this problem. I think that's what we have to acknowledge is nothing the U.S. can do is going to solve the Israel Hamas, the Palestine Hamas, the Muslim versus Jew problem. Christ is the answer. Christ is the answer. Yeah. And that's a cliche. It's easy to say that. But yeah. what is that actually, what that looks like, again, is supporting the orphan and the, and the widow and bringing, um, sending missionaries over there, sending the gospel over there. Like, yes, we need to do the government things as well. But I think that if you're talking about true lasting peace in the Middle East, only Christ can do it. Yeah. And I mean, that's tough to say, admitting that's admitting that we have really, as humans, as governments have no control over true lasting peace. But I think that it's, that's yeah. what the Bible tells me. Yeah. So, so I think we here at the Sons of Liberty, we want, we support Israel. We love Israel. We love the people of God. Uh, but we recognize that as Christians, Gent the Gentiles have been adopted in to the children of God. And then now, so we, we recognize what Hamas did is evil and despicable. But, and we, and, but we, rec and, and we recognize Israel's right to self-defense. But however, we don't want to get carried away and let this, you know, fall into a potential World War III. Right. So we must, we must use common sense and discretion about how we go forward. And we obviously don't want civilians on either side to die. That's not, not what this is about. And Israel does not either, despite what you may hear. So it's interesting. I'm going to transition here. Mm -hmm. We've got a very popular conservative and another very popular conservative. They represent Both sides. the faction within the Republican Party concerning Israel and Hamas. That would be Ben Shapiro and Candace Owens. So on one side, you've got Ben Shapiro representing the the uh, the Nikki Haley side. You know that I'm using her as a superlative. I'm sorry, but uh, or a derogatory term almost. But you've got the the Nick, Nikki Haley side, which is unapolog unapologetically pro Israel. Yeah, yeah. Support Sending Israel under any cost. Yeah. Like yeah, the money, troops, everything, hundreds of a hundred billion dollars, like we did Ukraine. Like we have to help Israel because Israel. If we if we don't help Israel, it's going to fall into World War Three. Which I understand that argument, but that is that's the Ben Shapiro argument. Also, he has a lot of familial ties to Israel. Totally get that. I think he should support Israel. If if it, if someone was going after Italy, brother, I'd be fired up. I'd be fired up. I yeah. don't have I have familial ties. I just don't know my family there. I just like to think that I that I, that I do. Um. <laughs> also, pasta. Yum. Gotta <laughs> save the pasta. Make pasta great again, dude. <laughs> Anyway, Israel. Hamas. Anyways, <laughs> so you've got Ben Shapiro representing that side of things, and then you've got Candace Owens representing the populist conservative faction of the Republican Party that is more isolationist. I think more reflects the views of our of this podcast, uh, and they and she believes that you know we support Israel, but at the same time, civilians on both sides are dying. Like we need to, we need to understand that we need to have human. We need to feel some realize that these people have dignity inherently because they're human uh and we need to not get caught up we don't need to be sending well, a ton of money over there so it's the more these are the two representing the two factions of the republican party and there were some there were some tweets that got fired back so it started with a leaked video of ben shapiro speaking at a private event uh i figured i could pull this up we could watch this real quick yeah so basically 
Ben Shapiro condemns Candace Owens for her views on the Hamas-Israel conflict. Yes, uh, the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this has been disgraceful. Without a doubt. I can't hear that. Yeah, she's my company. And I think she's been absolutely disgraceful. I think that, I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication, it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, and I find them disreputable. All right, so right off the rip, he calls her actions disgraceful and uh, there was, what was the other word? Uh, it was ridiculous. Disgraceful yeah. and ridiculous. First reaction. Her faux sophistication yeah, about the issue. Extremely immature to call out a business partner um, in public like that. I think that's extremely immature and they've been going back and forth on Twitter. So not going, getting into the, the substance of what they were saying, but I don't think that that's, that is definitely not a Christ-like thing to do. No. If you have an issue with your brother, you take it up with him first um one-on-one and i think that this is what happens when you let emotions and you let the things that are going on from day to day distract you from the humanity of the other person and the responsibility of you and your own heart to react in the proper christ-like way and i think that that right there what ben Shapiro said regardless of the substance of what he was saying was extremely immature and I'm saying that to the 37-year-old guy as an 18-year-old. But I think uh, biblically, we can we can say that that is, um, that is wrong. Um, I don't know what your opinions are on that, but... No, I, I, I understand. Because you've got you, you to understand from him and his perspective. Like, he is so emotionally oh, tied no, I to get this that. issue. Yeah. So it's, I, I give him grace there. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, dude, like... That's why, not why solving that? anything. It's just sowing more discord, which is what, what the enemy wants, which is... I'm rambling on here, but another point that I wanted to bring forth is that the devil always deals in two extremes and tries to to pinpoint people on one side of the two extremes. And if you're not on this side of my extreme, then you're wrong and then you should be alienated and you should be shunned. But in reality, in real life, a lot of things are nuanced. There is a lot of, I mean, the moral truth behind it is black and white. Yeah. But the actual nuances of the thing are are generally tend to be gray. And I think that um, we have to look at it objectively from both sides. Like like we're trying to do is saying, look at it from their perspective. They're just um, they're very they're just people tied to it. Yeah. 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 But I think that you you can't look at it from a, a um, uh, you're right. I'm wrong. That's not going to solve anything. That's just going to sow even more discord. And you might be right. But you, this is the thing that Christ was so good at is um, not alienating the other person. Like the woman caught in adultery, he doesn't, he's, his first reaction is to not alienate her. And Christ is a, is a, is a just judge and he's going to judge the world one day. But we don't, um, we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak and, and acknowledge that us just stating truth and facts, facts don't care about your feelings, <laughs> isn't always the way to to peace you've got to you've got to hear the other person out you've got to understand where they're coming from and, and i think that's something that we as conservatives tend to miss with the whole facts care, don't care about your feelings things which i agree yeah. with but i think that oh yeah building I've... a connection with another person if you want to bring true lasting change you have to build some sort of you have to find some sort of common frame framework to work with uh in terms of dealing with the issues and, and i think that as as christians we have the best 
framework. Mm -hmm. period. For sure. Yeah. So then Candace Owens, uh, in response to that video, uh, there, there are a few uh, little Twitter things on Twitter here. She goes, uh, she posts a Bible verse and she says, uh, blessed, are the, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you. And then she goes on to the end of the verse says, you cannot worship God and money. And then Candace Owens, <laughs> and then Candace Owens, uh, or I'm sorry, Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro re, uh, responds and says, Candace, if you feel that taking money from the Daily Wire somehow comes between you and God, by all means, quit. So he's <laughs> just, he is openly saying, please resign. If you want to do that, please resign. So he took that to heart. And then Candace responded by saying, you have been acting so unprofessional and emotionally unhinged for weeks now. And we have all had to sit back and, and allow it and have all tried to exercise exceeding understanding, understanding for your raw emotion. But you cross a certain line when you come for scripture and read yourself into it. I will not tolerate it. So that's, that's the majority of the spat. I mean, dang. Dang. <laughs> like, I, I will say, Charlie Kirk has actually been a very, has been... He stepped up. Charlie stepped up. He's been a peacemaker through it. He's had he had uh, Candace on his show to let her explain. Um, I mean, he's given his opinions. He's definitely more on Candace's side, but at the same time, I mean, he's he's been charitable. Uh, he's he's spoken truth into the situation, um, and he's done it in a correct way. So I, I applaud Charlie uh, for that for that. However, <laughs> I I'm not. Candace, I don't understand why she no why she posted well, let a me Bible just say, verse. It's almost yeah. like she wanted to get. She was trying to. She was trying to. Which get isn't the, the right motive again. Like I don't understand. And that. I think I don't one understand thing, why she did that. One thing I'll say: the left loves that right now. Oh yeah. The, the two going back and forth oh, like that. The love left it. loves they it. Love they're it. eating it up. They're saying, "Look at the right. Look at them. They're so they're hateful and they're." And I think that, um, again, like they're both kind of right in in a certain way, but like. Like, again, when you have a standard that's something else other than God's standard to judge your actions by, you're going to fall short. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing right now with this, with this whole thing is that as Christians, we're called to be different. We're not called to argue the way the world argues. We're not called to um, act immaturely and try to get to a getcha, gotcha, all yeah. Candace Owens, gotcha, quit. Yeah. Like, what does that solve? That it doesn't, it's, it's a cool clip moment and it probably has, what, however many million views on Twitter. A lot. I bet you it's over ten million. Wait, wait. Let me let, let me look. It's got um. Oh, Candace. Oh, corn dogs, dude. Sixteen million yes. views. Whoo! And is that your? That's your testimony. Is I'm arguing with Ben Shapiro on Twitter. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, you can't fault it. She quoted scripture. But at the same time, it felt like it. it like right away, it just felt like ugh. Like it just yeah. felt like ugh. it just felt like getting down in the. In in the attempt of like trying to seem all high and mighty, you actually got down in the muck. Yeah. And you were playing in the mud. Yeah. But it was but it's it only appeared that way because you were trying to make yourself look like the bigger person. So, man, faults on both sides. Like more inherently it's I, I am in I am judging Candace Owens' motives. I could be wrong. I give total uh an, a total apology if I am wrong. But I don't think I am. I, I do think Ben Shapiro is wrong, like because the what he said, what he did, I thought I thought was improper. It was immature. Um, it was emotionally unhinged uh, for a moment. 
But at the same time, and I'm that's that's for me, and, I, and that's coming from me, who from the very beginning of this Hamas Israel conflict, I've been watching Ben Shapiro, like his famous video that went insanely viral called uh, "I Am a Jew," um, and he just went through. It was his episode that came out on the day after that. I think it was the Monday, and he man, oh my goodness gracious, he went at it, uh, and he did such incredible job. So that's that's coming from me. I love Ben Shapiro. I I'm definitely. Uh, I don't agree with everything he says. There's a lot of things I disagree with, but I like his logical take and the way he analyzes things. But at the same time, Candace Owens also... I, she I, claims I, to be a Christian. Oh, she is a Christian. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm, not, saying t- I've heard... I'm not saying she's not. I'm saying she claims to be a Christian. So as we are Christians too, we've got to call each other out on things like this. So I, I think that... Yeah. Just to, just to point that out is that... Yeah. I also heard Candace Owens say, you know, people, she was like on Charlie, on Charlie, on the Charlie Kirk show. She was like, you know, people are attacking me for this for, but yet they've not watched the content where I actually discuss my views on the hit, hit uh-huh. Israel Hamas. Conflict, also, which is fair. I haven't, I don't yeah. watch the Candace Owens, Candace Owens show. Um, I used to, I haven't really anymore. I don't, I don't particularly find also, it all that enjoyable, but I, so I, I have no leg to stand on. I'm not judging her views. I probably would agree with her views. I just don't. I don't don't agree with the way she used scripture in that right. instance. Also, we're kind of doing the same thing as we're talking about them publicly on our podcast. But Candace Owens wouldn't respond to us if we'd sent her a DM. <laughs> so I think that we're kind of fair. well, we're weighing in. We're, we're yes. attempting to be peacemakers. We're weighing in on a public option, and it's something that's popular. It's something that's going on, and I think it's something that people want to hear about. Right. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. I mean, like we we talk about current issues because that's what you guys want to want to hear. There are things that we really want to discuss about here in New England, but we won't get that audience unless we're willing to, you know, talk about national issues and trying to be trying to be the bridge and connect these two factions of the Republican Party because we yeah. need unity. Amen. Like we have such an up op- there. There's so much division. The Hamas Israel conflict is is causing so much division in the Democratic Party. And Mike Johnson did a great job at by submitting uh, the for his first bill was giving uh, support financial support to only Israel because it made the Democrats choose. You couldn't, if it was like Israel tied in with Taiwan and Ukraine, you could, you, the Democrats could be like, oh, I was just like supporting Ukraine. I wasn't supporting Israel or like, oh, I was supporting Israel and Ukraine or whatever. But when it's just Israel, it makes the Democrats choose a side. And now it's causing division, like I'm saying with the squad and then the rest of the, the more, you know, the donor class of the Democratic Party. We have an opportunity as the right to actually make some change wait make some ways while they're sta- while the democratic party is staggered while they're on their so, heels and while they're divided but yet we're divided so let's let's be let's be the bridge let's bridge the gap let's bring some unity and let's actually take ground and make culture okay so what is that uh, to get it back to our main point of of the of the videos as co- christian conservatives not just conservatives because christless conservatism is fugazi fugazi ah Anyway, <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what's Fugazi? Fugazi, Fugazi. It's what's from that? The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is like not, not most, a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Also, don't watch it. It's not at all Christian. Uh, I watched that BC before Christ. So, before Christ. My sins are atoned for. Um, but so, how do we, as, as Christians, um, view the Israel Hamas conflict and with the lens of bringing the Republican Party and really the conservative based together how do we be that bridge what do what does that look like what does the view look like what does the the lens of which we view it at what does that look like substan substantially uh substantively sub there you go that word what does that look like like what does it look like to have a, a balanced 
conservative unifying view overall on Israel Hamas. Like we've talked about all these different things. We've talked about Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro. We've talked about the little the issues that the the philosophical issues we have. But like when it comes to this, like what do we do? So to, like practically practically speaking, speaking, what do we do, man? Get down on our knees and pray. Like we have no other option but to appeal to a higher power at this point. That's step one. We fight on our knees. We f- we are not fighting against the Democrats. We're not fighting against certain Republicans. We're fighting against the the prince of the power of the air. The, Amen. The, the, this present darkness that we cannot see, that is in the metaphysical, that is actually pulling the strings. If you, you want to talk about the Illuminati, you want to talk about a globalist conspiracy, that's the globalist conspiracy. Uh, we can get into that. but That's what I mean. That's what I think that ultimately this comes down to. We can look at it at, at a physical level and at a governmental level and at a foreign policy level and that's all great fine and dandy we should talk about that but at the end of the day like this is a battle between two kingdoms this is the a battle between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness this is god's kingdom versus satan's kingdom and we need to be looking at it at a a lens of what advances god's kingdom greater yeah what What brings christ-filled conservatism amen Yeah. yeah yeah so that's what so to answer the question i'd say what it looks like is we say we need to humble, humble ourselves before God, admit our own mistakes, admit where the U.S. has messed up in the Middle East. Governmentally, admit that. Say, write a treaty, say, Iran. Imagine how, what would that look like if, if I'm sure the U.S. has wronged Iran in certain ways? What would that look like if we apologize to that? Would that be weak? Or would that be meekness over weakness, baby? Meek is is being humble and, and admitting your faults. And I think as nations, we don't do that. We don't admit our faults. So I think that's one thing in terms of thinking kingdom, thinking God's kingdom is admitting where we're wrong and not alienating, alienating the other side and thinking that we're right. And we're the high and mighty moral police of the entire world, because America is not the moral police of the entire world. Yeah. So that's one. And I think, I think two is, is not looking at it as even Israel, we've been talking about it, but not looking at it as Israel versus Hamas, looking at it as darkness versus light. Who is trying to bring darkness? Who is trying to bring discord? Who is trying to bring um, violence to that region? And you look at that and you can say certain areas on both sides. And you can say, no, we need to bring love, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering. We need to bring humanitarian aid well, i we wouldn't need... say it's on both sides if we're talking about it's hamas like it's right not no that's fair but that's what i'm saying like who is who is advocating for for peace and i'd say in this situation israel israel yeah so we we have to take the side of peace as christians because mm-hmm. that's what the, the kingdom of light god's kingdom brings peace yeah peace isn't ceasefire peace is do nothing yeah that's that's not what this means. You can be a peacemaker by eliminating your eliminating your enemies. Amen. Because when you eliminate your enemy, when you eliminate evil, yeah, peace. There is peace. Like, yeah, <laughs> makes yeah. sense. When there's no evil, there's peace. Yeah, ex- exactly. But like, so I think those are, are a couple a couple of things. But like, I do, at the end of the day, we can't be looking at it as Israel versus Hamas. We have to look at it as acknowledging the higher powers. I mean, that are influencing in the demonic realm that are influencing no one beheads rapes and tortures babies of their own a completely of their own accord yes the human heart is wicked but there's something else at play here there's a there's a deeper a deeper root and that root radical islam is demonic 
So I, I think we have to acknowledge the, the root and really tackle that root. And the way we tackle it is with the truth of God's word, the gospel. Um, so I, I think that it's good that we've talked about all the, the political and the governmental issues. But again, like kingdom of light versus kingdom of darkness, um, acknowledging where we're wrong, acknowledging where the truth that we stand on um, is what's going to. And we can't even say that because we can't even say that there's a, a one stop shop solution to any of this. Like even we're saying this, we're saying we're coming up with possible solutions, but it's going to take trial and error with the way things are. People are, are going to die. Sadly, that's that's the state of affairs. Yeah. Um, but if we're looking at it from the lens, if we're trying to be humble before God and acknowledging that we're all we do, we do for the glory of God, then I think that we can't go wrong if we do that. And I think that that's that's the way to stand on the side of God's chosen people is saying I, everything I do in, in terms of the Israel-Hamas conflict is going to be not for the glory of Israel, not for the glory of America, but it's going to be for the glory of God. And that's the way that we bring true change in the hearts of the people. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So practically speaking, we fall on our knees, but we as Americans, we, we I would say we help them. We help Israel just a very little bit, give them like a give basket equivalent of some, of, of some aid. But we're like, man, we got our own issues. And then we come home and we fix and we address our issues. I'm not saying government. I'm not saying the federal government does that. The federal government has been doing too much. The federal government can 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 piss off. Like, <laughs> I, I don't care anymore. Like, stop. This has to be a bottom-up thing. It, it has to start with the local towns and the local states being fed up with how our nation is being run. It has to start with Massachusetts, with New Hampshire, with Maine, with Rhode Island, with Vermont. All these states. Is Vermont New England? Vermont. Yeah. Okay. Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut isn't. No? Yes, it think. is. is Connecticut's it? in okay, New England. Okay, my bad, Connecticut. Gosh, we're a New England podcast. We can't even say what states are in New England. <laughs> but anyway, like, bottom Anyways, up. Anyways, it has to start here. It has to start on Cape Cod, brother. Like, why can't it start in Cape Cod? Why can't a movement of addressing the the border crisis start in Cape Cod? Well, the Cod? way it starts is it starts in my heart, it starts in your heart, and then now that's two hearts, and then Dude, we... two makes four, brother. No, no. <laughs> two heart, two hearts. We're together. Um, we're not a, a we're not gay conservatives here. Um, but anyways, oh, it starts from the heart level. Like, if my heart was not submitted to God, I wouldn't be able to be saying any of the things that I'm saying, I would say, look at Hamas, look at how bad they are, kill them, wipe them out. That's what I would be saying, and I partially am saying that, but there would be no restraint. There would yeah. be no um, no balance. There's no meekness, no power yeah. under control. Right, yeah. and that's what we have to say is like, it starts with the bottom up. It starts with the individual, the heart of the individual, the family. It starts with educating your children on what, what being a peacemaker looks like, what being humble before God looks like, what the principles of the Bible actually are. Then that family, then it applies to the church. The church then becomes a, a group of people who acknowledge their their powers. The church is the kingdom of God. So acknowledging that we are supposed to be kingdom builders and that we have a great, we have the greatest, the great commission. We have the greatest responsibility on earth. We don't get to sit back and be neutral about the Israel Hamas issue. We we're the church. We don't get to do that. Yeah, We have to speak truth into culture. Yes. Yeah. So we have to be, and we have to have the right view. We have to have the biblical view. Our view has to be based off of the Bible. And then it goes, and then that, that goes to the government. Christians holding positions in government. Mike Johnson, praise God. Mm -hmm. We need more Mike Johnsons. We need more people who are, who are willing to apply the Bible. We can't just say we believe the Bible, but the Bible doesn't apply to government. We have to say that. 
And then again, that applies economically. Where is our money going? Are we are we supporting indirectly Hamas by where we're spending our money? Mm-hmm. Are we supporting China? Are we supporting all these other countries? So it goes it goes bottom up. It starts by it starts with me. It starts with you. It starts with us telling other people. It starts with it starts with the heart. It starts with God changing your heart and submitting your heart to God. That's the only way that we solve the, the Israel Hamas issue overall. And because the, the the ultimate issue with the Israel Hamas is Hamas Hamas the Israel Hamas issue <laughs> is humility before God, acknowledging the sinfulness of our own hearts, and and seeking peace. Because if 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 both sides were seeking peace, we wouldn't have an issue here. Yeah. So we we need to acknowledge that. We need to talk about repentance. We need to talk about what areas in my life am I sowing discord. If I'm gossiping about my brother Sam, if I'm gossiping gossiping about people, if I'm uh um what is it? Love covers a multitude of sins. If I'm looking at everything that Sam does wrong against me, we can't have this podcast. We can't have common ground. We can't have a relationship, a friendship. So I think he has that, to exercise that a lot. <laughs> I know. I just this guy messes up so much. I know. I'm an awful person. Hey, <laughs> sinner saved by grace. Amen. Amen. But anyways, we have to have. That mindset and that mindset will will permeate every area of culture if we do it in our own lives. We can't. We've got to listen to Jesus and and look at the log in our own eye and take that out. It's self government. Yeah, that's that's the political term. Bringing it back to seventeen seventy six. Who was the Federalist? Uh, what, what what Federalist paper did they talk about? You know, if 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 men were if men were angels, there would be no need for government. I'm paraphrasing. That's good, but uh, I don't know. I think it, it, one of the who who wrote the Federalist papers. You've got. Uh, John Jay, John Alexander Jay, Hamilton, Hamilton, you've Madison. Got, I think yeah. it was James Madison. Yeah. So one of those three, um, they if I think it was James Madison, if men were perfect, if we were had no sin nature, there would be no need for government because we could always govern ourselves. But the reason for government is because we do have a sin nature, and sometimes, and a lot of times, we don't govern ourselves. And acknowledging the and different. Sin. So now, when we have the but the process of self government is getting the Holy Spirit and cultivating virtue and being sanctified in the Holy Spirit and living out the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, it's not just the civil government. Civil government, 100% we've talked about it, is, has a role to play. But there's other spheres of government, like we said, the church, the economy, the The family. family. Yeah. That's the biggest, most important one. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to focus, we can't just say, we do this one thing. We do the Abraham Accords and there's peace in the Middle East. We do, we wipe out Hamas and there's peace in the Middle East. No, there will be another Hamas. There, there will always be a sin. Yeah. There will always be sin. Yeah. yeah so we, we've got to be humble. And I like that we've kind of brought it full circle back to what this podcast is all about, which is Christ-filled conservatism, which is self-government, which allows us to have a moral ground to stand on, to be able to talk about any of these issues. Yeah. So I think praise God for that. Praise God for his word that we have an outline to deal with all of these issues and that we have principles to work out from and that we're not left in the dust because you see this government's, we've struggled, America's struggled to deal with these issues properly Mm -hmm. and we've messed up. And I think it's because we've left our foundation of God. We've left the law of nations and instead we've seeked revenge and we've seeked, um, we sought, got to have proper grammar, Um, (laughs) public school educated right here. We've yes, sought, um, we've sought to um, make right. What's the word? Um, 
rectify all these all these issues by top-down government control. And I think we've seen very well that that does not work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We got into it, baby. We, we got, got into, into it. it. What, guys? Guys, thank you. Thank you, actually, so much for watching. It means the world that you also, actually tune in. I, I just saw, I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're a month in, um, but I just saw that we have about over 100 average listeners, which... Praise God. For our eighth episode... Um, I mean, we're filming episode nine right now. Um, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for that. Also, shout out to our friend Michael who wrote up the, yes. um, he's he's uh, exhorted us to stay a little bit more on topic in our videos. <laughs> and we definitely went down some rabbit holes today, but I hope that we were able, We tr our goal is to be a little bit more structured with the podcast yes. and, yeah. and focus on certain issues because we, we don't want to just talk about what we want to talk about. We want to yeah. talk about what needs to be yeah. said and what you guys want to hear about yeah. so shout out to michael thank you for writing up the outline for this video yeah, i really appreciate it he, yeah. he gave us some really good pointers he gave us a lot of great information um and guys if you have a michael in your life cherish that man <laughs> and if you've got more more uh things that you'd like us to talk about if you've got things that uh you think we could improve on write videos in write us a comment yeah we leave, a com leave a comment on this video i mean like we it, it's really cool to have a person like michael to like point us point things out but I mean, hey, not everybody knows us personally. Leave a comment. You you know, be let us know. Be what you that think. Michael in the comment <laughs> section. You know what Amen. I'm saying? Yeah, leave the comment. Let us know how we can improve. Uh, we want we want to be better for you guys. We want to uh, we want so badly to be this avenue of Christ-filled conservative activism to go forth in New England yeah, even and, more. And the way we do that is iron sharp and iron. Um, if you're if you're seeing us doing something, if you see us with a view that's wrong, call us out. That's what we want. So yeah. Uh, again, thank you. If you're if you've watched this far, write shout out Michael in the comments. <laughs> honestly, if you've I, I'm watched curious. This far, please, honestly, if you have if you are hearing this right now, shout out Michael. Just or say Michael in the comments. Yeah, same. Amen, Mikey. And don't forget, we seventy six percent of our viewers are not subscribed to the channel. Is that true? Yeah, I looked. I did it. Guys, what the heck? Seventy six percent. Come on. We can Come do on. a little better. Help the al algorithm. Come Help on. the algorithm. But no. Algorithm. Anyway, I've please. always wanted to say something like this, dude. I feel like a YouTuber. <laughs> We are. But honestly, thank you guys for even allowing us, even if it, we hope it grows to 10,000, 100,000, a million, but even just what we have here is we've got to thank God and we've got to be grateful. And if we yeah. don't do it through the lens of we're doing this to save souls, we're doing this to bring Christ's kingdom to New England, to America and to the world. If we're not doing it for that, we're doing it in vain. So thank you guys for being a, being a part of uh, what we, we're doing here, and we, we're grateful. So Awesome. Well, thank you Again? guys for watching. My name is Sam Mealy. I'm Hunter Young. And we are the, the Sons, Sons of Liberty. Liberty. Thank you.